The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hello again, Buffalo Bills fans. It's Matt Warren, Editor-in-Chief of BuffaloRumblings.com. Today's episode is chock full of great questions, hopefully some great answers. I wanted to remind you that you can call or tweet at us and let us know what your questions are for our Ask Me Anything episode. It's our special episode coming up next week. You can also always call in with your Bills fan questions at 716-508-0405. Tweet us at Rumblings Q&A. Send us emails using Rumblings at sbnation.com. Leave us comments in the comments section at buffalorumblings.com in the show notes, articles that post when we do our podcast. You can send us Instagram messages, Facebook messages, and we have stuff off of both of those social media platforms this week. As we get into the offseason, there's going to be lots of nebulous stuff going on, and we'd like to provide some insight for it. So call in for your questions. We'll get them in the next few weeks before training camp starts. In last week's question, I'm getting a lot. I was talking about how important it was that Josh Allen and the rest of the Bills looked good in shorts and minicamp and OTAs in the spring. And uh, I think the Bills answered my question pretty uh, forcefully on Thursday when they canceled the third day of their mandatory minicamp to do team building activities instead. They understand kind of what goes into the entire process. And they weren't the only team. I think it was at least a quarter of the league canceled one day of their mandatory minicamps to go do team building stuff. So I just wanted to bring that up after we talked about it last week is, you know, it's it's important that they're making mistakes, but it's also important that they're starting to, you know, come together as a squad. And that's one of the things that Sean McDermott has kind of hung his hat on as coach of the Buffalo Bills. This week's question I'm getting a lot uh, is around Trent Murphy, uh, both Leslie Frazier and Sean McDermott discussed Murphy during mandatory minicamp. And the question is, um, is Trent Murphy worth the amount of money that the Bills are paying for him in 2019? Earlier in the offseason, we had a pretty extensive breakdown of whether or not the Bills should move on from Murphy after just one season. During that one season, he was injured or coming back from injury, and 
he was limited in training camp. He was limited even at the start of the season. And then some corresponding injuries popped up. The other parts of his legs were trying to compensate for the injury or, or make up for the injury that he had been dealing with and rehabbing. So he wasn't up to full speed really for most of the season. So let's get some more of the fact-based information in here. Murphy had a signing bonus of $5.25 million last year in 2018, in addition to his base salary of $2.625 million. In 2019, he's going to be making $5.8 million as a base salary. And so his cap hit is going to jump from $4.8 million in 2018 up to $8.7 million in 2019. For that amount of money, he should be contributing significantly. And the Bills may or may not have been blocking against those injury concerns with the way that the contract was structured, but giving him that much money up front doesn't seem like they were. Most Bills fans aren't going to like it, but looking around the league at free agent contracts for defensive ends, Murphy is, is making about what you would expect from a player that generates about four or five sacks a season and is a stout run defender. I'm not going to sit here and say, that I've spent a ton of time watching him as a run defender, but obviously he's playing that many snaps. He's playing ahead of Shaq Lawson, who's a pretty good run defender. They obviously see something in him, um, whether it's his length or his work ethic or whatever it is. And so they're going to keep putting him into the lineup. I think that the number that they're paying him is, is mostly irrelevant if they think that he's a solid player, because just look through the defensive end contracts that have been given out over the last several years. And you see, like an average of, of about $7 million for that veteran entering the second contract of his career who's been able to put together five sacks a season or so. Um, you know, it, Obviously, it, that doesn't take into account his um, ACL tear season, but if he can even return to close to the form where he had nine sacks for the Washington Redskins, I think uh, it'll be a win for the Bills. Um, and I do expect him to get you know five, six, seven sacks somewhere in there generate a better pass rush in 2019 now that he's not coming off of his injury. He'll be able to practice more in training camp, and he'll be able to get on the field and not really have to worry about some of those problems coming back from the ACL. So I I think I've come around to Murphy over the course of this offseason. In February, I think I was one of the first people to talk about cutting him and using the first-round pick to draft you know a stud pass rusher. Um, to kind of set the tone going forward and re-signing Jerry Hughes. Um, they've re-signed Jerry Hughes in the interim and they did not draft a pass rusher. And so I, I think I'm starting to come around on the Trent Murphy express for the 2019 season. That's not to say he's going to be like gangbusters and you know, explode for 12 sacks or something like that. But I think he can be a good rotational piece for the bills uh, moving forward. <laughs> Before we move to the rest of your Bills questions, I wanted to make an announcement. As many of you have probably already seen, either on the site or on the podcast feed, we've added two shows to the Buffalo Rumblings podcast network over the last week. We added the Bills Backers podcast, hosted by Nick and Nolan, uh, but they've changed their name coming on board with us just so we didn't run into any problems with the Buffalo Bills and the official Bills Backers Clubs. But 
The Nick and Nolan Show is hosted by Nick Batliana and Bruce Nolan. You can find them on Twitter at Nick Bat and at Bruce Exclusive. We also added the Believe Podcast, hosted by John Boccasino and newcomer Jamie D'Amico. You can find John on Twitter at John Boccasino, B-O-C-C-A-C-I-N-O. The other big change to our podcast network is we promoted Anthony Marino, who you might know from hosting Breaking Buffalo Rumblings. He's our new podcast editor with six podcasts and something like 10 different podcast hosts and co-hosts. We wanted to have somebody that was kind of in charge of all that stuff. So uh, Anthony's going to take over that role for us. That's going to bring us to Breaking Buffalo Rumblings with Anthony, Buffalo Rumblings Q&A hosted by me, Circling the Wagons hosted by Andrew Geyer, Blitzed Bills hosted by the guys over at Blitzed NFL, The Nick and Nolan Show, and Believe. All those shows, six shows on the Buffalo Rumblings podcast network. I think there's something for everybody in that little group. I think there's a lot to be said for having so many different options for people. If you don't like my show or you don't like Blitz Bills or you don't like Circling the Wagons or whatever show you don't like, you don't have to download that show, but there's still four or five podcasts on our network that you might like and might download. So um, it's a really exciting opportunity for us to continue to expand the Buffalo Rumblings podcast network. I'd encourage you to give each of those new shows a shot um, as they populate into your feed. Let's hit your questions. Brian Perry on Instagram. You can find us there at Buffalo Rumlings. Brian asks, as training camp approaches, do you think the tight end position will continue to have injuries? Well, let's recap. Tyler Croft is going to be out with his foot injury until probably the start of the the regular season, if not into the start of the regular season. Jason Kroom had an undisclosed leg injury during OTAs. He'll be ready to go for training camp. And then the rest of the tight end position has been pretty healthy. Um, they have had a little bit of turnover at the back end of that, getting rid of you know an undrafted free agent signing and, and bringing in another player, things like that. They are probably not going to have any more like major problems at the position. Um, as long as Dawson Knox is still there and healthy, I think they'll be okay heading into 2019. It's nice to have Jason Kroom, a veteran who's been there and done that on the roster. I'm not saying he has a ton of experience or a ton of success, but he gives them at least like that security blanket in addition to another up-and-coming guy like, say, Tommy Sweeney. And then, of course, Lee Smith is... The, the veteran tried and true going to be there very durable, very reliable, but not necessarily a game changer. So if they can go into the regular season and training camp with Lee Smith, Dawson Knox, um, Jason Kroom, and maybe another guy like Tyler Sweeney um, as, as they move toward getting Tyler Croft back from injury, I think they'll be pretty set. I don't anticipate anything happening between now and training camp, but once the pads start flying and, and guys start running there, you never know what's going to happen. But but Croft is definitely going to be on the shelf for the majority of the rest of the offseason. Um, he might not even be you know, wearing anything other than that red non-contact jersey until the start of the regular season. And again, he could still be on the shelf when the regular season starts. So obviously that's your concern and that's my concern moving forward with the tight end position. Thanks for your question. 
on Instagram. You can follow us there at Buffalo Rumblings. We'll be right back after this quick break. Heading over to Facebook, Chance Seeger asks, Will our defense be in the top five again? Buffalo finished second in defensive yards allowed in 2018, but in 2017, they were 26th. The biggest change was in pass defense, where the Buffalo Bills allowed 800 fewer passing yards in 2018 than they did in 2017. So what can that be attributed to? Maybe the development of Tredavious White a little bit. Um, Obviously, Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde played very well both of the last two seasons. Um, Matt Milano underneath has grown since his rookie season. With the additions of cornerback of Kevin Johnson and EJ Gaines, with the development of Levi Wallace, who started a bunch of games last year, the cornerback should be set uh, with Ed Oliver on the interior of the defensive line. They should be able to create some interior pass rush where they were a little bit lacking with Kyle Williams last year. There's no reason to think that the Bills won't be better at defense, but it's a little bit subjective. Is Josh Allen turning the ball over? Is the offense messing up and doing three and outs a lot? You know, what is the offense going to do to provide the defense with some help? So there's there's a little bit of a double-edged sword there with the offense as well. So I think that they there's no reason to think that they can't repeat and get into the top five uh, defense again, but it's not necessarily going to be as easy as, well, they added Ed Oliver to replace Kyle Williams and you can just plug and go again. They've upgraded a cornerback, so that's a good sign. But um, is the offense going to be able to consistently hold um, you know, their defense off the field? And that's something that needs to be taken into account. Also, yards isn't the only thing that matters when you look at the Bills' points allowed on defense. It was uh, not great. They were... 18th in the NFL in points allowed in 2018 and worse than that in 2017. So I'd be much more worried about that than yards allowed. Chance had some follow-ups too. He wanted to know who our leading sack artist was going to be, who our leading tackler was going to be, and who our leading interception artist is going to be. Uh, I think for the sacks, it's going to be Jerry Hughes. He has such a great pass rush. The only reason it wouldn't be him is that Teams are going to be double and maybe even triple teaming him or double teaming him with a chip from a running back or a tight end or something like that and putting all the focus on Jerry Hughes. If all the focus does go to Jerry Hughes, you can expect uh, maybe Trent Murphy or Ed Oliver to step up in their wake. But uh, those are the, I mean, maybe Shaq Lawson, but he's not going to be getting as many snaps as Trent Murphy. So I'd put him behind Murphy. Um, Jerry Hughes is just your most likely candidate for that. Tremaine Edmonds was the leading tackler in 2018. He had 121 tackles compared to Jordan Poyer's 100 and Matt Milano's 78. And that's with Edmonds missing a full game. He's in good position. He plays all three downs and he can drop back into pass coverage. And finally, the leading interception artist. I would think it's going to be one of the two safeties. I'll go with uh, Jordan Poyer just because he's always in the right spot. 
and uh, and Hyde can play down in the box a little bit more. Um, so Poyer is the free safety. He's just going to be around the, the ball a little bit more, uh, going to be able to jump roots a little bit more than Micah Hyde's going to be able to. So I'm going to go with him. Those are good questions. Thanks. Back to Twitter, where Josh Rodden asks us at Rumlings Q and A, where would you watch a Bills Super Bowl? Would you go to the game? Go to the host city, but not go to the game. Go to the official watch party at the stadium, or in an arena, bar, house party, or in solitude. Well, Josh, I think this question changes a little bit depending on whether you're asking me as as Matt Warren, editor-in-chief of BuffaloRumlings.com, or as Matt Warren, the fan. One of the nice things about when the playoff drought ended was I was at a party, but I was completely by myself. Nobody else at the party was watching the Bills game on New Year's Eve when the Bengals converted on fourth down and, uh, and put the Bills into the playoffs. So I was running up and down the hallways and nobody seemed to care. In some ways, that was really the perfect way to do it. But um, if I was covering it as editor-in-chief of BuffaloRollings.com, I would probably want to go to the host city for a few days beforehand, whether it was for media day or whatever. But I wouldn't be there for the game. I wouldn't go and want to sit in like the press box or anything like that and work the game in that way. I'd probably want to be at home or um, just because um, – I'd be covering the game. I'd have my you know computer set up and, and all that stuff. Um, if I was go- trying to think about it as Matt the fan, being in the stadium would be particularly awesome. Uh, when the red, white, and blue confetti fell after the Bills won, that would be great. Um, being at the stadium, if they did a stadium watch party, would be awesome, but it's February, so that would probably be pretty cold. Um, so Bill's backers bar maybe would be my next option or, you know, a house party with a bunch of my Bill's fan friends, um, would probably be ideal. I haven't really given this a whole lot of thought because the Bills have only been in the playoffs once since I was an adult. So it's, it's not like I've had, you know, plans in mind or anything like that. But if, if the Bills make a nice playoff run and, um, and I'm not covering the game, I'd love to, to get together with a bunch of folks there aren't very many games where I watch with other people. I'm usually by myself and having that, you know, camaraderie aspect, having a bunch of people around uh, the last game. I remember being around really a bunch of people was, it was like a, a Thursday night football game or a Monday night football game where I didn't have cable. So I had to go to a bar, but that was at least five years ago because that was back when I was living in Rochester, not in my current house. So, um, I, I like being able to spend the time with other Bills fans. It's just not something that normally comes up when, you know, I'm covering the game for Buffalo Rumblings. So it's a kind of a long-winded answer, but um, I'd be interested to hear what other folks have to say in the comments section at buffalorumblings.com, or you can tweet us, you know, where you want to be when the Bills are in the Super Bowl next. Thanks a lot for the question, Josh. It was an interesting discussion. <laughs> Bear Plourd on Facebook asks, with all the new players and upgrades, who is going to be that special teams standout player? There's actually a lot of guys that are in this mix, so it's a good question to ask at this point in the season. Nick and Nolan did an entire podcast about 
special teams, skill sets, and practice squad, and like the back end of the roster and all that stuff. So make sure you go download their latest episode on the Buffalo Rumblings channel. It's the Nick and Nolan show from, I think it was June 13th or 14th, something like that. And they dive into this for 45 minutes if it's something you're interested in. I'm going to exclude Andre Roberts for the purpose of this conversation because he was signed to be their kick returner and punt returner, and he's the most obvious answer to the question. But Sonoris Perry, the running back, who I think is going to end up beating out TJ Yeldon for one of the final roster spots, is a guy that has played special teams a ton over the course of his career and really stood out on the Miami Dolphins and in other places. He's going to replace um, Taiwan Jones or you know whoever you wanted to talk about as the Bills um, special teams running back. He's a guy that can just really create havoc um, on all phases of special teams. Um, so look for him. Two holdovers to keep an eye on are linebackers Deion Lacey and Julian Stanford, who did well last year, as well as cornerback Lafayette Pitts. Again, another holdover. Last up for this week's episode is Ian Carmody, a repeat questioner here on Buffalo Rumblings Q&A. Thanks for, uh, for listening to all of our episodes and, and asking some questions over the course of the months at irishhunter16 on Twitter. What's your favorite It's more of a retrospective question since the Bills are off. Well, the playoffs, but it wasn't even, you know, the Bills winning that game against Miami. It was, you know, fourth and fourth and long, the Cincinnati Bengals scoring the touchdown to to beat the Baltimore Ravens and, and send Buffalo to the playoffs. It was so unexpected and such a gut punch in a good way. And um, it was just such a great moment to watch them in the locker room and, and just the emotions that everybody was feeling at the time. You know, the, the people in the concourse at Miami watching the game on the TVs and the concourse and exploding. That was pretty awesome. Uh, looking further back. Um, I'm never going to forget the, the comeback game. I watched it with my dad who uh, is no longer with us. And uh, we, we were in the basement listening to it while we were cleaning because it wasn't on local TV. And so we were picking up the basement, cleaning, doing you know household chores. And eventually we just stopped and just stared at the radio for a while while it was uh, talking about it. So those are my, my two favorite Bills moments. Um, and just thanks for asking us on Twitter, at Rumblings Q&A. You still have a chance to get your questions in for our Ask Me Anything episode of Buffalo Rumblings Q&A. Anything that's not about the Bills is fair game for this podcast. That's going to drop the last week of June. Leave us a voicemail at 716-508-0405. Tweet us at Rumblings Q&A with the word and spelled out in the middle. Instagram is Buffalo Rumblings. Facebook is Buffalo Rumblings. Send us messages on either of those platforms. You can email us, Rumblings at sbnation.com. Leave comments in the comment section at buffalorumblings.com, and I'll see them. All those are ways to get in touch with the show and have your questions answered either on our Bills shows, which are going to return in July, or our Ask Me Anything episode at the end of June. Give our new podcasts a try if you haven't yet, and go Bills. Thank you.